This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey, 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 what do you say? Wherever you're listening, we thank you so much for climbing aboard the Adam Ritz Show. I'm your host, Adam Ritz, and Jay Baker joining me on the telephone. Hey, Jay, how you been, man? How was your week? Hey, my week's been great. Uh, The weather here is so nice. I almost was tempted to do the show from the deck, but I'm here in my walk-in closet studio. (laughs) It is... uh, (laughs) Fantastic time of year. I think they call it, uh, where we live anyway, where, where this show is uh, originated from, they call it Second Summer. If you've seen that list of nine seasons, uh, sure you know about the four seasons, but some, some of us in the country have nine seasons, and right now, uh, Jay and I are on Second Summer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very nice. It's, it's the summer you wished you'd had the first time around. Yeah, with fall... Right around the corner. Now, uh, Jay has come through. We talked in our pre-production meeting. We had some homework to do from last week's show. We talked about the 9-11 Fire Department versus Police Department hockey game. It's called the Hockey Heroes. Uh, They play it in Madison Square Garden. Uh, The New York Police Department, New York Fire Department. I was amazed they can find that many people that know how to play hockey. Uh, it's not like a basketball game where even if you don't know how to play, you can still get on the court and throw up a brick. I mean, I know how to play, and I'm getting on the court throwing up bricks. So uh, I can't imagine getting out and playing some skilled hockey to raise money for the uh, uh, Tunnel to Towers uh, Foundation. And uh, we didn't know the number last week. Uh, the game had just been played, and we were waiting on a total and a tally for the monies raised, and Jay has that homework done just a little bit over $500,000. And this this year's game was exciting because uh, last year's game had been postponed due to COVID. So it was great for the community to come out. The police and fire departments obviously love it. And yes, uh, they do take their hockey very seriously. So uh, I'm with you. But I think uh, both the New York City Police and Fire Departments have a large enough number of sworn officers and firefighters that they can actually field a full hockey team. I saw some of the pictures. Uh, the guys look pretty professional. Of course, they're playing in, in a city that really loves their hockey with uh, New York Rangers and New Jersey Devils. And uh, so, they, you know, it's already an area that mm-hmm. loves hockey. And they they indeed take it seriously. But the great news is, is raising the money and much of that money does go to help those the survivors and family members of the survivors of 911, which, uh, you know, we just recently came out of that. And, uh, you know, it does give you cause to reflect America was under attack and we just had the 20th anniversary of that. You know, I know our listeners uh, on the East Coast, Northeast, uh, also in the in the northern states of Michigan, Minnesota, they probably are laughing at me by my comment that I can't believe there's that many people in the uh, New York Fire Department that know how to play hockey and play it that well. Uh, it is a, a very popular sport. I was talking this week just about that, uh, about this, this game specifically. He 
uh, lives in Chicago, and his daughter plays hockey. Uh, she's in junior high school, and she's on the hockey team. And he played hockey in college. And I mentioned that, that uh, I was a little surprised that there's that many people in the fire and police departments that know how to play hockey to field a team. And he goes, what? He goes, you're crazy. He goes, everybody uh, on the Northeast Coast knows how to play hockey. And I was like, well, I didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) See, there you Uh, go. Yeah, it is. uh, And, you know, you got to account for some regionalisms. But, yeah, it is extremely popular on the East Coast. And realize the New York Rangers was one of the original six NHL hockey team so the original hockey teams really spawned some huge fans and we're talking about like Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks Mm -hmm. uh, you know Pittsburgh uh, Penguins I mean those are the teams that really really I mean (laughs) if you go to Pittsburgh and you don't like hockey I think they won't let you in the city so there's a law (laughs) that that is true uh that's absolutely true <laughs> uh yeah i i of all the major sports uh pro- hockey is the one i'm i'm most i'm least versed in maybe maybe soccer uh but again if you're gonna field a charity soccer game i don't know how to play soccer but i could play in a charity soccer game i can run up and down the field and maybe sure. kick the ball once or twice uh, you'd even, be like uh, uh, you'd be like one of those uh, teams, you know. They always tell you, "Here's how you can determine youth youth soccer. Uh, it's based on enthusiasm. The high school kids are playing like their professional counterparts. They're setting up plays and trying to out trick the defense. The six year olds are just running to rapidly to the ball, no matter where it goes. So, yes, you could. If, no matter where the ball goes, you could just be chasing it like a lunatic. That, that's me. Um, that the herd of turtles or the swarm of bees. I remember when my daughters were young and played soccer, they called it the swarm of bees. Just the, a, a crowd just chasing of, the ball, just a crowd of kids great. just chasing a ball. Uh, thank you, Jay, for that update on the uh, heroes hockey game in New York city at Madison square garden. Uh, I wanted to uh, start uh, my report with um, uh, a band uh, member who's in need of your help from uh, his cancer treatment. Uh, there's a gentleman named Dave Muse, uh, possibly not a household name, but you'll know who he is when I tell you what band he's in. He's in a band called Firefall, and they had three huge hits in the late 70s. Just remember, I love you, and it'll be all right. I'm not going to sing it, but hopefully the way I just said that reminded you of it. Uh, <laughs> you are the woman that I've always dreamed of. I knew it from the start. And they also their third major hit was called Strange Way. That's a strange way to tell me you love me. So uh, I actually had a, a chance here recently, this su- past summer, to um, to meet and talk with Dave. Uh, as I also work in the world of yacht rock, and we uh, had a yacht rock event, and or in uh, Firefall was one of the performing artists, and uh, Dave was fantastic. He plays the flute and the horns on all those songs, and uh, he put on a captain's hat for their set. It was just, it was wonderful. Um, and at that time, when I met him and talked with him, I had no idea of his health issues. Uh, and I've noticed this week that Firefall, from their social media accounts, have sent out a GoFundMe uh, for Dave Muse and his medical bills. Um, just a quick note on the GoFundMe page uh, from Dave's entire Firefall family, as many of you 
have commented or noticed during recent Firefall shows, Dave has been missing from the lineup in recent weeks. So I guess, Jay, I was lucky enough to see one of his uh, final shows before he had to be taken off the stage due to medical issues. Um, wow. Back up with the uh, with the uh, narrative here from the GoFundMe page. This is due to medical issues that have prevented him from joining the bandmates uh, on the road. In early 2020, as COVID was shutting the country down, Dave was diagnosed with cancer. This was not Dave's first encounter with this awful disease, but he'd been beaten uh, or he'd beaten it twice before and felt confident he could do it again. With Firefall forced off the road. Uh, off the road due to show cancellations and the country shutting down as the result of COVID precautions. It seemed that he might be able to get through the treatment and regain his strength before things got back to normal. Uh, He was hopeful that he wouldn't miss any gigs or income. Uh, Unfortunately, Jay, that's not the case. So uh, he does need some help. The GoFundMe page is approaching $10,000. The goal is $50,000. If you can help out uh, the flutist, flautist, maybe is that how you say it? The saxophonist, yeah, flautist. Uh, Dave Muse. I mean, he he was incredible. I, I'm so happy I had a chance to to hang out with him a little bit uh, this past uh, July uh, at one of his final shows before he had to be taken uh, out of the lineup due to these medical issues. So if you can help out, just go to GoFundMe.com and search Dave. Muse, and it's spelled exactly the way you think it is, Dave Muse, M-U-S-E. If you need a more exact search, just search Firefalls Dave Muse. Firefalls Dave Muse. Search that at GoFundMe.com and help out this awesome guy who's going through some uh, cancer medical bills uh, and health issues. Um, All right, Jay Baker. You're on the Adam Rich Show. I don't know if you knew that, but we're brought to you in part by Vibonomics. You can learn more about them on our website, adamrichshow.com. Just click the, bur- the purple V logo and you'll learn about Vibonomics. So we're up to date. We're caught up on uh, the Dave Muse situation. We know how much uh, the hockey team raised for the 9-11 New York uh, City Police Department, Fire Department hockey game. You said $500,000. I was wondering when you said that, what sounds like more, half mil or 500 k well, sometimes we forget that a half mil is 500K, you know, uh, when you're throwing money figures around because, you know, between you and I, we could scrape together maybe $40. Uh, you know, when you're talking uh, half mil. Well, let's say, you know, let's say, you, Jay, you make $500,000 a year. That's your annual salary. Uh, <laughs> How did you know? Maybe you shouldn't have mentioned it. That seems so personal. So you, uh, somebody asked you, you know, how much money do you make in a year? What's cooler? Do you say 500K or do you say half mil? I would go half mil comma baby. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is half mil. Now go park my car. Yeah, That's absolutely. Pull my car around. Right. Well, we, we talk about some of the great things in public affairs, and we try to approach public affairs to inform you and hopefully make you smile a little bit. We curate our stories to uh, have some feel good to them. Uh, this is kind of a warning that goes out to you. This is kind of a common sense warning, but needs to be said, uh, some of the TikTok challenges are dangerous and if you are sort of seeing loved ones or kids uh, following some of these crazy things you might want to warn them hey not always your best choice the latest uh, TikTok challenge started in early September 
And they were urging people to sort of top each other to uh, make large-scale thefts from schools, like stealing, of all things, toilet seats or the door to doors to the bathroom stalls or the sinks or the soap dispenser. As you might imagine, not only is it illegal to do these activities, but think about how greatly inconvenienced you've made the people behind you. Yes. Uh, I walk into the public bathroom at, at my high school and I need to use uh, the facility and the facility sure. is ripped out of the wall. Uh, there's a problem. If there is no facility. You might say, hey, lack of facility has made my day not go so very well. You st steal it. They're stealing sinks out of high schools. Yes. I am so glad I well, don't, TikTok and and don't watch this stuff. And there you go. And I wouldn't even bring it up, but it is actually somewhat of a national issue. And schools are getting rightly ticked off about it. So, yes, uh, some of the TikTok challenges, please review if something's illegal. Uh, we urge you not to do it. Uh, you've heard about some of the wildfires out west. This one uh, is somewhat serious in the Sequoia National Forest. They've actually had to shut that national park down. Uh, there are some 2,000 sequoia trees in there. And, you know, sequoias are like the biggest trees in North America, mm -hmm. uh, including, including the one, the largest sequoia on record. Uh, it's called the General Sherman tree. It's 275 feet tall. 36 feet in diameter thankfully this particular tree is not in danger but the actual wildfires themselves are within two miles of destroying some pretty amazing forest so it's kind of a sad story and the sequoias am i thinking of the of the famous photo the black and white photo from the early 1900s of the car that is yes. like driving they made a tunnel through the middle of a tree to, Correct. to build a road through that part of the country and the cars could drive through the tree. That's how big the trees were or are. Yes. That's how big they yeah, are. Yeah, the sequoias and the redwoods. So this is a sad story. The good news is uh, they're putting some really good firefighters on it. This is obviously dangerous work. The biggest concern about this national forest is the overall terrain challenges because uh, – very little flat land, mostly up, mostly down. So uh, that was a, a story that was sad to hear. Yes, very. Uh, here's, a, you know, as if you didn't have to worry about enough contagious diseases, West Nile virus disease warning is up in about eight different states. This was the famous uh, disease that presented itself because you get it potentially from a mosquito bite i did and hear that last week that there were some uh, there's been a few deaths from the west nile here recently right yes and crazy. uh while it is not crazy widespread it's potentially very dangerous up to being fatal so it's something you need to be aware of and the heightened awareness comes after hurricane ida because uh there's an excessive amount of water in the midsection of the country right now and you do have to be aware of mosquitoes, especially during the dawn and dusk periods. I didn't know that, but that's when mosquitoes are uh, they're most uh, active during those time periods. Jay, I knew that. 
And uh, more, more specifically, my ankles, shins, and calves knew that and could tell you that for whatever reason, at dusk, when I'm on my deck starting the grill to make burgers, those critters, them skeeters, they just go to town and start chowing on my ankles, uh, shins, and calves. So I don't yeah, know what it is about. They are there. The, under the knee, I mean, I, I'm just going to start. I, you, you could be completely naked and cover your lower leg and be fine. For whatever reason, they don't bite me above the knee. Uh, but ah. yeah, and and I've never know I never knew about dawn because I've never been up that early in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a morning person, but but dawn and dusk the most uh, prevalent uh, times. They do urge you to uh, wear some type of insect repellent with DEET, and that is D E E T. It is your most effective anti mosquito agent. So thought that was interesting. Physical exercise has been linked to a reduction in anxiety disorders. This is great news because I think anxiety levels have been up due to the pandemic. There's a lot of people that are still sheltering, uh, maybe even going into work sporadically. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you have been dealing with anxiety disorders, a new study suggests that physical exercise may be helpful to you. Fantastic. Then uh, I may be that may be why I'm not completely stressed out because I do try to get out there and get my heart rate up. Great news. Yeah. And we're in that time of year where getting out and taking a walk is not a bad idea. I thought this was interesting. Of course, we need new emojis. You know that, Adam. I've been waiting uh, for a new batch. What do you have? Well, you know, here's what's really funny. You do not strike me. I, I don't want to presuppose. But you don't strike me as really the emoji-oriented texter. Uh, Am I correct uh, or you, incorrect? You are correct. Uh, I think the last time I attempted to do it, I couldn't find the emojis, and I sent a GIF that had nothing to do with my emotion. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's not really me. There's a, an actual – this is – when I saw this, I thought, someone's making this up. It's called the Unicode Consortium – and they're the ones that kind of decide on what the new emojis should be. So if you like the emojis, you can thank them. If you don't like the emojis, you can thank them. But every year, people get a little excited because new emojis are presented in the fourth quarter, and then they reappear, or then they'll appear on your phone sometime after the new year. And there's a a place that decides this. It's a building. It's the he national headquarters. <laughs> it didn't say if they're in a building or Are not. They... It's just a group called the Unicode Consortium, which almost sounds like a Netflix movie, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like a place that I want to work, even though I know <laughs> nothing about emojis. I've used two in my entire life. I want to be on that committee that just <laughs> makes know. these decisions. I bet and if their lunchroom looks pretty cool. Oh, I bet. It's the, probably, you know, there's a lot of graphic artists that work there and, yeah, very think, uh, uh, interesting the, people. The last person uh, in the break room that drew a smiley face got fired. That was just wasn't good <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the smiley face because, of course, that was the king, the original emoji. Mm -hmm. uh, new emojis uh, do feature a lot of different faces. In fact, you're going to see some new faces. Uh, I think some emojis that have become extremely popular, I see them a lot because I follow a lot of sports teams. So if something happens 
in a comical way, you'll see the emoji face that has tears rolling out of its eyes. Okay. Uh, meaning that you laugh, you know, that you laugh so hard you cried. Uh, but the new uh, emojis will feature uh, facial expressions. So they do try to copy, you know, someone winking or someone smiling or, you know, it's it's an attempt to capture an emotion. And uh, now uh, they found with emojis that skin tones are real important. So they're going to present seven or eight new skin tones as if it wasn't complicated enough using your current emojis. Well, here's the problem uh, I have with emojis. When someone sends me one on my phone in its natural habitat, the size of that little yellow circle is so small that I can't see the teardrop or the, or the smile or the frown or that the one eye is winking. All I see is a little yellow circle. So you could just send me, just save your time, send me a little yellow circle, and I'll just assume you're sending me a smiley face and everybody will be happy. That's funny. Now I do, you know, you know I could fix the problem if I just got some readers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I know that everybody, you know, sets these up so that they're helpful. I've always chuckled to myself that in the company email, they do have the ability while sending a message to someone you can put in. Uh, some type of emoji or uh, the in and of course the debate reigns over whether it's called gif or jif but you can put a little animated panel in there of you know somebody uh, pushing away from a table or holding up a stop hand or whatever um, but they also as you well know in the company seminar they go please select your emojis so that they are appropriate for the occasion because you don't want to go right hey sally sorry about the horrible thing that happened in your life and then you send the uh the laughing emoji that's that's not good i say gif what do you say well i've heard gif and jif and then i just saw another debate the other day when a when I had kind of heard a couple of years ago that it didn't matter, uh, what, no matter what you said, it's the difference between British people saying aluminium and you going aluminum. But apparently the debate still rages, uh, whether it's GIF or JIF. Well, here's a, a related uh, topic or concept, uh, and I apologize if I'm not exactly 100% right, which I shouldn't apologize for because pretty much everything I've ever said in my life is 82% right. I've never been completely <laughs> sure. right. Uh, I'm wrong a lot. When I'm wrong, I'm 100% wrong. But when I think I'm right, I'm about 82% right. So this story could be about 82% correct. Uh, in the movie, Back to the Future, when Doc Brown says... 1.21 gigawatts. The, hmm. the script spelled gigawatts with a G. So it was it was actually gigawatts. Uh, ah. I've, I've heard there's no such thing as a gigawatt. It doesn't exist. It's a gigawatt. And, of course, back then in 1984, when they were filming the movie that came out in 85, they weren't, you know... Uh, megabytes, gigabytes, uh, all the stuff that we talk about now for all the memory on our hard drives that we've had, terabytes, all that stuff. Nobody's using that language in 1984. Uh, so uh, Christopher Lloyd, that played Doc Brown, didn't know it was pronounced gigawatts, and he just said from reading the script, gigawatts. And sure. nobody on set knew otherwise, you know, either. 
So <laughs> maybe even the screenwriters didn't know how to say it, but they knew the word. Um, so they just left it in the movie. And now, you know, decades later, when people watch it that know what a gigawatt is and that it's spelled with a G, uh, it's kind of a, one of the famous um, movie mistakes in the history of film is, uh, is the way Christopher Lloyd said gigawatts. Uh, I think the story is over now, Jay, and I think I'm 82% right on everything I just said. There you go. Well, it's just like when <laughs> when talking about large numbers, uh, my favorite large number is still bazillion, which, of course, means nothing. But that's a big number. That is a big it's number. It's bigger than a million, but perhaps smaller than a billion. But We're if gigawatts sure. is actually pronounced gigawatts because it starts with a G, the first... Right, know, it's a gig, it, yeah. Then that's a like watt, a, yeah. A, a GIF, uh, a G-I-F would have to be a GIF, not a GIF. That's how I'm so, relating these uh, concepts. Uh, and I, if I'm wrong, then I'm 100% wrong. If I'm right, then I'm 82% right. There you go. <laughs> so if the professor had merely said, that's a lot of energy, Marty, then he, you know, that way no one could ever figure out what he was talking about. Right. But we needed 1.21 gigawatts of power from that lightning bolt. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's so funny. Great movie. Uh, here's a, a cool story about one of the youngest Entomologists, yes, that's a field of study for insects. A four-year-old girl found a colony of bees in California. They're stingless bees. Now, this uh, strain of bees was originally developed in Brazil, and these bees were brought about because they said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had all the benefits of honeybees, but you didn't have to worry about getting stung because once again, on our previous story on the Adam Rich Show, we talked about that bees account, bees and wasps account for about 100 deaths a year here in our country because of, you know, uh, reaction to uh, being sh uh, uh, stung. Mm -hmm. Stingless bees. I mean, that is Stingless bees. Um, so she found them. Her name is Anika Arnaud. Uh, and... You might say, well, how did a four-year-old find, find stingless bees? Her nanny is a biologist who discovered, uh, who on her own has discovered some animal species. And she engaged her uh, young ward there, Annika, and said, hey, let's go out and try and find some stuff. And they found these stingless bees. So, yes, even a four-year-old can be an entomologist that is pretty cool uh i'm you know i just got off an airplane and i want them to find a, a cry a cryless baby um, <laughs> if there's stingless bees i want a cryless baby on the next flight uh, i have oh i find that yeah sometimes you forget uh junior he makes a little noise when he's unhappy i want to I, I i know you want to move on but but were these uh, genetically engineered bees or yeah apparently when you make different species you have to sort of uh, play around just a little bit uh, you know it's you mate certain bees with other certain bees so technically genetically modified but not in the way like mad scientists genetically modified because you and I think exactly along okay. those lines especially as we head into October because there's going to be all the scary movies <laughs> where like 
you just made a monster bee look yeah. out <laughs> where did the if they don't have their sting who does it had to go somewhere <laughs> it had to go somewhere now hey, you know wiener dogs are gonna have stingers now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you saw the story it kind of made the rounds a few days ago there is a financial company that's offering someone $1,300 if they watch 13 scary movies in October. What? Yeah. The company is called Finance Buzz. That's uh, all one word. And their website is financebuzz.com. They're looking for somebody that is willing to sit through 13 of the scariest Halloween movies wearing a Fitbit heart rate monitor and then sending this company back the data. Because what they want to do is find sort of a person that likes scary movies and measure their heart rate. And what they're trying to do is actually quantify how much money was spent on making the movie scary versus how scary the movie really is just based on heart rate. Okay. I, uh, I th- I think I'll watch 13 scary movies by October 8th. So if they want this done over a 31-day period, I'm in. I know my kids are in. I'm going to look this up and send that link to my kids. They l- they've already made a list of the scary movies they're going to watch this October. Very interesting, Jay. Thank you so much. We'll have to watch a scary movie together, you and I. Uh, I'd like and, that. And, uh, we'll, without Fitbits, we'll just check our own pulse with our with our fingertips i'll have my fingers on your neck the whole movie to see how nervous and excited you are maybe it'll be my fingers that are doing it or maybe it'll be the movie we'll have to find out uh this has been the adam ritz show thanks for joining us and you can follow me uh, on twitter it's at adam ritz the adam ritz show is recorded live in studio at the vibonomics worldwide headquarters learn more about the vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.